Welcome to Own Your Story, a podcast series by CF Communications about communication trends, best practice, and advice for entrepreneurs, small business owners, and larger organizations. If you want to know more about public relations, podcasting, content marketing, social media marketing, and digital marketing, this is the podcast for you. Joining us today also is Christine De Silva. Now, Christine, how are you today? Hi, Kathleen and Tim. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. I'm doing really, really well and I'm excited to join your conversation. So are we. So Christine is a digital marketing strategist and consultant. She is the owner of CDS Consulting. Now, refer to many people as a digital rainmaker and a marketing turnaround specialist. Christine's focus is holistic digital marketing with an emphasis on search marketing and conversion optimization. She has about 18 years experience um, having ground up training and knowledge in both graphic design and programming. And this is besides her formal marketing qualification. So Christine, that's, that's quite an intro. Do you maybe want to tell us a little bit about your career and your background up until now? Gosh, like 18 years is a lot to explain in a couple of minutes. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I guess where do I start? In 2006, I formed my own agency after a couple of years in the field. I did a stint in uh, hospitality and that's actually where I, in 2002, I cut my teeth in hospitality in SEO. I actually joined as a production coordinator back then at the company and then we just fell in love with the web and how to move things forward. And even back then, hospitality, inbound African travel, as it were, was super, super competitive online. There's so many people offering the same thing. So we had to find clever and new different ways to make sure that our website, <clears throat> sorry, make sure that our website was at the top of search results when people were looking for things on, on Google. And that's when I started like discovering what is SEO? How do we do this? What is this magic? And what does it entail? And I, with the, the answers that I got, I just completely fell in love with. After understanding things a little bit better, I decided that I wanted to do that full time. So I worked for a couple of other search marketing agencies after that and really got to learn the ropes. Before I started my own agency in 2006, I had this for four years, grow that to a very successful agency with 11 full-time staff. Um, that got the interest of Near, which is Ogilvy's digital division at the time. Well, four years later in 2010, I actually merged with Near. They needed a search division and they didn't actually have one in South Africa. So my agency at the time, which was Altersage, became Near at Ogilvy, South Africa. And that was really, really amazing. That's impressive. It was really cool, actually, to start working with such a big mm. uh, media agency um, and start bringing and adding something new to their offering as well. I stayed with them for about two years until I felt that I had like successfully brought them search and everyone knew what was, they were doing and I was on to my next big adventure, which then I'm always looking for the next adventure, but also the next challenge. So my next challenge um, was to understand e-commerce. That was around the time like when e-commerce started to, to become really big in South Africa. And by really big, I, I don't mean very big. <laughs> it was still less than 1% of overall GDP at the time, but it was a good start. Um, so I actually joined NASPASH's MIH division, which is their e-commerce division. And they gave me a portfolio of five companies. I called it the little incubation division because they gave me all the companies that they were considering buying. Um, and they told me to just improve them. 
So that's where the digital rainmaker comes from oh, and marketing turnaround, really, because they gave me the companies that were kind of like headed towards a good thing, but didn't know how to get there. So everything comes to Christine and Christine must make her magic and turn them into really successful companies, which they all did. I can pat myself on the back for that. <laughs> um, I'm also very entrepreneurial. So as I said, I love learning and challenging myself. So I've had a couple of my own ventures as well. I've sold one successful company before as well. I'm, I've been a CMO for a couple of different enterprises, just always trying new industries to see what else I can learn, who I can help and how I can push them forward. And then in 2019, I decided, okay, cool, I can actually help a lot more companies if I return to my consulting. Um, and then in 2019, that's where CDS Consulting came from or started. And I've been helping many companies in many different industries uh, since then. I've been super happy doing that as well, getting to meet new great people like you guys. Um, and yeah, just enjoying life. I guess. What a story. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Christine. So as our listeners can probably hear, Christine's experience lies in SEO. And that is what the conversation is about today. So in working with my clients and potential clients, my focus and the agency's focus is on writing content and on social media management, PR, etc. However, a lot of these clients then ask to extend their services towards SEO. Now, the reason why I've brought Christine on is so that she can explain at a basic level to our audience, you know, what is it you need to know as a business owner about SEO? When you have just started your company, you're an entrepreneur, you've got a small business, whatever it is, you've now launched, you want to do everything. You want to write blog articles, you want to do social media management, you've got newsletters, you've got all your channels set up. But how do you optimize your website to make sure that you actually get the traffic? And this is where Christine is coming in. So um, people are going to be unaware that you exist if your website does not appear on the first page of Google or Yahoo or whatever search results. Improved search engine exposure helps you improve website visitors, which can then lead to an increase in brand awareness, sales, and profitability. But if you don't have the time or the technical know-how to boost your site's, your site's search engine ranking, this is where you then need to look at hiring an experienced, dependable search engine optimization consultant. But what if you don't have the time or technical know-how to boost your site's search engine ranking? This is where it might be a good idea for you to hire an experienced, dependable search engine optimization consultant. So, Christine, can you tell us a little bit about SEO and why it's important? So, SEO stands for search engine optimization, and it's the process of getting good visibility in Google, as you've mentioned. Let's face it, when you're using Google to find information, products or contact details for service providers, etc., whatever it is you're using Google for that day, you don't really browse to the second page of the results, do you? No, not really, no. If you don't find something that matches what you typed on the first page, you're probably going to type in a, in a different query until you find mm. the listing that matches your question the closest. So SEO is a technique that helps your website get to the first page of Google so you will get seen by your target audience. Because as I said, if you're not on the first page, you may as well not be there at all. Yeah, that's true. So... Could you give us an overview of the process that you follow when you start to implement SEO for your clients? The most important aspect is for me to look at the client's website to see if there might be any roadblocks from a technology point of view that might cause obstacles for Google. 
as advanced as Google is, there are some things that it just cannot read and understand, and some techniques that it really frowns upon. After taking a look under the hood, I personally also like to get to know the brand as much as possible. Who are they? What do they do? What are their goals and objectives? And who they're trying to reach? I then use all of this information to try and understand who else is trying to do that same thing on Google. And these will typically be the client's competitors. I then try and see how well they're doing that on Google and then create a strategy, in your strategy accordingly for my clients to compete with them. So you mentioned items that could cause obstacles on Google. What do you mean by that? What could be an obstacle? So ooh, an obstacle could be just the way that the website is built. So there's a couple of technologies that Google just can't read um, or it's not great at reading. That could be anything from having a, if, if we think about, let's look at the liquor industry. So the interesting thing with the liquor industry, most liquor websites actually have, have this like doorway page. That's actually a roadblock page. The first page that you, you open when you open their website says, are you 18? Click here to enter. So that's actually a very, very simple example actually of an obstacle towards Google. Now, what often doesn't happen, well, what often happens in that case, because there's only one link, there's nowhere else for people to go when they land on that page. They just have to click enter. Google might not understand that. So it doesn't actually get to the meaty part of the website. Us as humans, we can see, oh, cool, I've just got to click here and then I'm going to get to the content that I want to get to, like to buy my bottle of wine or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, but Google doesn't particularly That's know interesting. that. So if that, if that link, if that URL, that button is hidden or written in such a way that Google can't get that, it can't get to the deeper pages. So there's ways and means that we go about just making sure that it can get to the rest of the content. That's okay. just one silly example, but there's so many more and there's so many more complex ones as well. So what strategies do you use to boost a brand's search engine rankings? Ooh, this is always an interesting one for me because every SEO practitioner is different and SEO techniques are also super subjective to the SEO. So to answer this question, I guess one must first understand the different techniques, I think. Um, <laughs> there's over 800 factors that Google's search engine considers to rank a site. Over 800, that's quite a lot. Yeah. But generally speaking, there are two sides to SEO. There's the content and there's the technical side. Simplified, the technical side typically refers to ensuring the technology the site is using is built in such a way that Google can understand it, as I've just mentioned. Mm -hmm. We can also manipulate some of the things in the code to add extra snippets of information into Google. Those are things like reviews or product information, etc., just to enhance our space on the Google results page. Content typically comprises a couple of avenues, including on-page and off-page content. On-page content refers to the words on the website, and off-page, as you would think, is content that influences SEO but is not on your website. These can be things like press releases, articles published on other websites, YouTube videos, social media, and so on. I like to think of myself as a holistic SEO, so I like to look at the, both the technical as well as the content aspects, and I use all of these strategies then to boost brands. Okay. I'm also going to go a little bit further here to explain that for relatively unknown brands, it won't really help them if we market their brand name only. It's great if we can get the brand pink ponies <laughs> to rank but if no one knows what pink ponies does and just also a caveat here this is a example there is no such <laughs> brand <laughs> but if no one knows what pink ponies does then they probably won't search for that name however if i tell you that pink ponies is a site that sells ice cream cakes 
and we make sure that they rank in Google for the term ice cream cakes, etc., and words associated around ice cream cakes, then they will definitely get noticed and also more traffic and customers to their websites. So I use these types of strategies to understand what people are looking for when they need your products and services, and then kind of reverse engineer your site to match that. That's very interesting. So now these techniques are obviously what's called white hat SEO, correct? Yes. (laughs) It's above board. It's what works with Google. Now I've heard about black hat SEO. What is that? I'm so surprised that you've actually heard about that. Um, it's, It's not something that, that, many people actually know about. So earlier on, I briefly mentioned that there are some techniques Google frowns upon. Um, And in the SEO world, as you've just mentioned, we refer to them as black hats and white hats, where the white hat are the good guys and the black hat refers to the dodgy stuff. (laughs) Now, the dodgy things might get your site speedily up the Google rankings, but will just as speedily come crashing down when Google catches you out. That's the big, big pity, and that's why we see them as black hats. And in this case, it's not necessarily, obviously, that you want something happening to you. If you're caught using any of these frowned upon techniques, you can get penalized by Google for lesser offenses. They will just send you a warning. That's fine. You can go and you can fix your website and you'll, everything will go on smoothly once you've proven to Google that you've removed those dodgy things. But you can also get banned entirely for the more serious offenses. And getting back in Google's good books can take months if you're lucky. And you won't even be able to buy your way back using Google Ads either. It's a huge and long process. And like I said, you'll be lucky to get back in. Unfortunately, it's not easy for the untrained eye to spot these black hat techniques. And when they do realize something is amiss, it's often, oftentimes too late. Okay, so here's my question. I've got two questions. Here's my question. First of all, there's two questions. Could you give us some examples of that? And then second of all, now... I've just started my business. I need an SEO specialist and I get someone on board. How do I, as an owner, check that the the strategies and the techniques that that person is using is actually white hat? Sure. This is, this is actually very difficult to answer because you may need to have some technical ability to understand the second part of your question. The first part of the question is... So what are some of these blackhead techniques? Again, I'm going to go back to super old school days, like back in, let's say like 2000s, deep in the 2000s, the early 2000s. Um, People were using, and people sometimes still use these techniques. I just don't get it. But some of the lesser offensive techniques are things like if you have a website, and let's, for example, say your background color on your website is blue. People have the main text that they want people to see in black so that the black obviously stands out on the blue copy so you can read it what people used to do was they used to go and put reams and essays of content at the bottom of the page in the same blue as the background so when people get to the site they can't see that content but there's just obviously this big footer at the bottom of your website and you don't understand why but google sees that content because obviously google doesn't read the pretty little front end it actually reads the code on the back end to try and understand what your site is doing mm-hmm. so google saw this content as part of your website it didn't understand that it was the same color as your background right it didn't care because it sees that content as being part of it so that's a, an easy way to trick google into thinking that your site is doing something specifically and you can put all of your keywords in there it's, it's absolutely ridiculous people used to do um let's go back to like my safari days or my African travel days, like back in the 2000s. And one of the big terms to rank for was African safari travel. 
people used to literally take that term African safari travel and copy paste it like a hundred times at the bottom Mm. of their website (laughs) in this like same background color to make Google to to try and trick Google to thinking that it is going to be the most relevant site because all of its content is about African safari travel and it worked for a very short amount of time but Google is, is clever it updates its algorithm very very frequently like sometimes mm-hmm. it will update its algorithm three times a week and big updates usually occur on a quarterly basis. This is because Google has learned that people like SEOs <laughs> have, have understood how to game the system effectively. That's what we yes. do. <laughs> um, and But also, like I said, the black hat, then they use like the techniques that Google still has a, a little bit of blinkers to and then try and game the system that way, which is obviously not great. White hat techniques, I'm just going to come back to this, white hat techniques focuses on building really good merit on a good content basis. So what often happens, like I said, with this black hat stuff is you will get like really good rankings for a very short amount of time. But then when Google notices you're doing something, you can get penalized. Whereas the white hat stuff works on like building your, your merit through content and actually having that sustainability and longevity within Google so that you know, Google still sees the site as growing and improving and building itself forward. I've always used the analogy of a marathon versus a sprint. Um, SEO is definitely a marathon. You're going to train a long time to get to where you want to be, which is obviously the first page of Google. Um, But then, you know, also one day, if you're not using that SEO, that that your site is not just going to disappear from Google. Um, Mm. And that's what happens typically with the black hat stuff. And that's okay. kind of, I guess, also part of, part of the answer to the second thing. Mm-hmm. And this is why people sometimes only realize, you know, someone has used a black hat technique too late is because they're going to get like thousands of, of traffic coming through to their website. They're going to get thousands of visitors clicking on their site and they're going to think, oh my word, this is amazing. My traffic looks fantastic. But when they stop using the services of, of that SEO, all of a sudden the traffic drops. Mm-hmm. And that's because they were using some techniques that were frowned upon on um, and, and there's so many examples. They really, really yeah. are. Um, and then all of a sudden, they just don't have that traffic anymore. And they're like, well, what, what's happened? And then it's a bit too late. Mm, okay. And then how, how do you measure the success of your SEO campaigns? So the beauty of the web is obviously that everything is measurable. Unlike with print media, you can put a beautiful ad in a magazine and they can come back to you and say, okay, cool. This is the print run. It's going to go to 25,000 places we're going to print 25,000 books and it's this is where they're going to go so you're assuming that 25,000 people or more potentially will pick up that magazine and look at your ad and actually (laughs) see your ad but with the beauty of the web like I said everything is measurable we can actually track down to the person where they've come from what they've done um, and how many people are coming to your website and are they doing what you want them to do I like to do this by installing a program called Google Analytics. I do this Mm -hmm. with all of my client sites and it tracks exactly that. It tracks what's happening on the website. I measure specifically a couple of things. Things I look at are traffic, how many people are coming to the site and is that traffic growing? Channels. which is what you want to see. Exactly. Channels, where did they come from and what worked well? Some channels could be things like you mentioned earlier, like newsletters, social media, like Facebook, Instagram, even YouTube, um, SEO, so the organic side of Google traffic and, you know, what words did people use to come through to you? Then I like to also look at content. What did people find the most interesting to read on your site and what did they do with that content? And then lastly, leads. 
Did they actually make contact with you? Did they reach out to you? It's all good and well if we say that we're increasing visits, but if we don't bring the right type of people to the site, does it really matter? So it's important to measure traffic, but also the leads and the quality of those leads too. So what would you say if if you're looking at your Google Analytics and you're looking at your channels, where where do you want that balance to lie between your direct traffic, your referral site, social and organic? What is the most valuable to your website? Well, the most valuable... Oh, this is actually, yeah, this is a good question. Because I can't really say the most valuable. The most valuable channel will be the one that gives you the right kind of traffic. So the right <laughs> kind of people. <laughs> and the ones that are reaching out to you, right? Because so that could be, for example, that could be Facebook potentially. If okay. you're getting the right amount of leads coming through to your site and they do get in touch with you and they buy your products or your services or whatever it is that you, you're advertising to them, that's I guess your your goal, your goal channel. <laughs> so let's say if, if you look at your if you look at your analytics and it looks like your direct and your organic is your most is, is your biggest source of traffic, but your leads are coming from Facebook and that's only two percent of your traffic, but ninety percent of your leads are coming from Facebook, then Facebook would be your best channel, even though it brings the least amount of website visitors. So yes and no, it could just mean that Facebook is doing better than organic and that your organic is just not ranking as well on Google yet. It could just be because like we said earlier, like if you're not sitting on the first page of Google, you may as well not be there because no one goes to the second page of Google. So what that may mean is that you just don't have enough presence in Google to actually make that your primary channel, your first, your best channel of, of traffic. In an ideal world, I would say that what you want to see at the top is actually organic. And the reason for that okay. is it's free, right? It's mm-hmm. free traffic coming through to you. All you've had to do was make sure that technically your site is sound, that you're producing the right content that speaks to the people that you want to bring to your site. And mm-hmm. that explains what you do in such a way that they want to do business with you. They want to buy a product. They want to have your service, whatever it is. Um, so and that comes through, like I said, that's all you need to do to be listed really well on, on organic on Google. Okay. So okay, that's so, great. <laughs> so, so you said now that, you know, getting organic traffic to your website is free. Yes, it's true that you that it's free to get it, but you still had to put money into it to make sure that everything is optimized. So if you're a small business owner, you know how we all start out. You do your own Facebook, you write your own articles, you kind of have a hand in your website. So when you start this journey, there's always that little jump that you have to make now from I'm a business owner, marketer, director, I'm doing HR, I'm doing everything in my company to now I'm going to focus on growing my company and I need to get other people on board to, to grow the company and to, you know, to, for example, make sure my content is SEO optimized. So this is now the question. I'm a business owner, for example, not me specifically. I'll, I'll use one of my clients. Okay. So my client potentially has a, um, he's in property, property maintenance, for example. Now, he also wants to have blog articles, social media marketing, newsletters, um, website content, press releases. What does he need to look at? Where should he focus first? So are we looking at getting an SEO professional on board? an agency that can offer different services? Is it a once-off? Is it a long-term? Where would you put, look, obviously I'm communications agency, digital marketing, it's all what we do. So I would tend to say an agency which can offer all the services. However, budget is limited for small businesses. Where do they start? So the first place I would actually start is 
I always refer to SEO as being the golden thread. It is the one channel that ties everything else together. It's the one channel where you're going to make sure that all the content you're putting out on your newsletters, your social media, and any other channel that you're using speaks the same language. Um, you don't want to have one piece of content like your newsletter saying, um, we have a special on chocolate ice cream cakes this week, but then your social media saying, it's like we've got a special on strawberry ice cream cakes this week, then they just okay. don't match up. They just don't speak the same language. So for me, what, what it always comes down to is the golden thread SEO. And it mm-hmm. is coming back to the website to make sure that your website is as strong as possible because that's actually your your business card. That is your mm-hmm. pamphlet. That's your marketing brochure at the end of the day. When people come mm-hmm. and they find your website, doesn't matter through which channel, but then when they find your website, that it speaks their language and that it speaks to them. So personally, I always make sure that the website is working as hard as possible for me. And then we can make sure that all the other channels are, are working well. So to come back to your question about like, you know, do you use a a professional, a freelancer, an agency, uh, who do you use? My honest answer really comes down to do they have the time and experience to tackle it themselves? SEO as one point and all these other channels is super hands-on to make sure that things are moving forward. It's very time-consuming. And it really comes down to that. At, At the end of the day, business owners need to start working or want to work on their businesses, they don't necessarily, they shouldn't necessarily work in their businesses, right? Because then the company's Mm. not moving, they're not growing. So to help them grow, that's when they have to start looking at using agencies or freelancers to do the things that are not necessarily their forte so that they can build Mm. the business so that the business can grow bigger, larger, et cetera, and take that time off their hands. It does sound to me like the ideal would be for any small company to engage with you know, whether it's a, a marketer or a content creator, but that the person should have some experience with SEO and that that person would then be able to direct whatever is necessary, you know, for that business to grow. So let's say, for example, that company brings on board someone to do the marketing and this marketer is maybe really good at, at um, let's say, writing copy and putting the strategy in place and doing social media marketing. But they have an ex- they have some knowledge of SEO, so that they can look at it and then see. Okay, now we need a specialist to come in. But it sounds like SEO is, like you said, the golden thread. It's the most. It's almost the most important one, because if it's not optimized and it's not standardized, then what are we actually doing? You're missing out on free traffic. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. So. So that that that's good then. Um, here's the last question then, I guess. They don't always have the budget to immediately engage with someone. So right now, if they don't have the budget to actually engage with someone, what can they do to help their site rank better? I, I would say, again, it comes back to the website. Pay attention to the words you're using on your website. Read over your own content, or better yet, Get someone like your wife, your husband, or even your teenager, bring them out their room to come and read your website homepage and tell you what they think you're trying to say and whether it actually makes sense. Then I would also say, look at the words you're using and are you focused too much on pink ponies and not enough on ice cream cakes? And if you are, edit edit your site accordingly. The second thing I would definitely do is install Google Analytics. It's free and you'll be amazed at the information you will get from it. Thank you so much, Christine. This was such valuable information. It's definitely something um, 
you know, small business owners can look at and entrepreneurs and, you know, take away what they need to do in their businesses today. And if, if someone wants to get hold of you to maybe do a, a website survey and have a look how they are actually ranking and how their website is performing, and then also maybe to engage with you on a more long-term arrangement, you know, because SEO in the end is, it's a, it's a long-term investment that you need to make. How do they get a hold of you? Um, maybe if you want to share some contact details with them, your website. Sure. Well, they can definitely get hold of me through you. <laughs> um, first prize. Or secondly, they can come straight to my website. They can go and have a look at some of my clients and some of my past experiences and, and stuff like that on cdsdigitalconsulting.com or email me directly at info at cdsdigitalconsulting.com. That's fantastic. Thank you very much, Christine. I hope that you have a lovely day. And thank you so much for, for giving us your time today. Thank you so much for having me again on your podcast and helping me share some of this insights with, with your clients. Thanks for listening to Own Your Story. To find out more about CF Communications, please visit www.cfcommunications.co.za and don't forget to subscribe to our channel.